heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. Hello, everybody. John B. from gangreennation.com here, and this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or Audio Boom, and if you do, please be sure to give us good ratings. If you're interested in advertising on the show, send us an email, lockedonjets at gmail.com. Again, lockedonjets at gmail.com. We've reached Wednesday this week. Uh, now, normally we do our mailbag segment on Thursday. This week we're going to mix it up a little bit. We have a couple of guests near the end of the week. So we're going to do our mailbag show on Wednesday. These com- these are questions from the comment section of gangreennation.com. Thanks, everybody. Once again, did a great job uh, giving us lots of questions. Uh, we can't get to all of the good ones. Uh, really appreciate it, though. If you're if you're really interested in something we didn't get to it this week, ask it again next week again in the comment section of gangreennation.com. So our first question today is, what is the Jets' best approach at quarterback? Is it spending on a starter like Mike Glennon, Tyrod Taylor, or Tony Romo? Is it getting their guy at six? Or is it going with a cheap veteran like Brian Hoyer while developing their younger guys? Um, well, the answer is the Jets' best option is to try and draft a quarterback. Um, the, you know, Going the free agent route, that's not really a great option. Uh, none, I don't think there's a free agent that the Jets should commit to for more than a year. Uh, these the th- big three names you mentioned all have their flaws. Here's the thing: uh, in the NFL, the most valuable commodity and the toughest commodity to find is a quarterback. So, if these guys' teams are letting them go free, that's kind of a sign that these guys there are flaws in their games, and we know what their flaws are. With uh, you know Taylor's kind of a limited guy, Glennon has warts to his game, and we all know what Romo's flaws are. And none of those guys is a long-term option. Now, Romo's a little Romo's kind of a special case because uh, his team found a younger, cheaper option at the quarterback position. His team found another solution; they're letting him go. But we look, we know what the problems are with Romo. It's you know, Romo couldn't stay healthy behind the Dallas offensive line. It's going to be tough to stay healthy behind the Jets' offensive line. Now, as far as the guys that are on the roster. Bryce Petty and Christian Hackenberg will be in training camp next year. There's no reason to not bring them. They're both cheap guys. Now, I'm not sure Petty makes the team. I think Petty's going to have to show something in training camp. It's one thing to to bring these guys to camp and to hope that uh, these guys develop, but hope's not a strategy. Um, uh, You know, Petty played this season, and he replaced Ryan Fitzpatrick, who may have been who may have been the least effective. Regular starting quarterback in the league, and when Petty was in there, he was even less effective than Fitzpatrick. And Hackenberg was a second-round pick who couldn't even get on the field. I think the Jets would be crazy to say that these are our two guys. You know, you have to have something tangible to say this is my guy. It's one thing to say, hope that things get better, but it's another thing to say we're putting all of our eggs in the Petty and Hackenberg baskets. You, you can't do that. Now, here's the thing about taking a guy at six. Um, there has to be a guy who's good enough to take at six. I'm not convinced there is this year, and I think that's what makes it tricky. Is I don't think this is a great quarterback year, and I hate saying that next year is better because we don't know what next year is going to be like. You know, this time last year, a lot of people hadn't even heard of Carson Wentz, Mitch Trubisky. You know, nobody had heard of him certainly. So there's a lot that can change in the span of a year. So it comes down to: is there a guy who's good enough to take at six this year? I don't know. I don't like. Uh, I'm not a big Trubisky guy. 
I'm not a big Deshaun Kaiser guy. Uh, Deshaun Watson is a guy who intrigues me. I don't know that I like him enough um, to take it six, though. That might be a little bit high. So I think at the end of the day, the Jets are going to need to find their find a quarterback in the in the draft. Now, but it, but the, the, it's easier said than done. You know, there has to be a point where you actually have a pick where there's a guy available who's worth it. But I, my guess is that the franchise, the next franchise quarterback of the Jets, is probably not on the roster right now, and he's probably not even the, in the NFL right now. So I think I think you got to you got to keep your eye out, and you got to be aggressive if there is a guy you like enough, whether it's Watson, whether it's somebody else, and you know maybe it's a guy in the second, third round this year. That does happen sometimes. Sometimes a you know a good guy falls out of the first round. I don't know whether the guy is going to be there this year, but if the, if he is, the Jets have to make a move. And if not, then maybe next year there will be a spot where the value meet, meets the need that the Jets have at the quarterback position. Next question is: Will the Jets hire their offensive coordinator before the Super Bowl or before the scouting combine? And I think that's a question that kind of deals with the frustration many Jets fans are feeling. Uh, so we, we, Jets have it's getting kind of late. The Jets still don't have an offensive coordinator. You know, I was thinking back, and um, you know, back even back in 2013, where it felt like the Jets were taking a long time. They hired Marty Morningweg. The uh, that that hiring was announced the Friday before Championship Weekend. So it's kind of a, kind of odd that the Jets haven't. We've gotten to the Super Bowl, and the Jets haven't hired anybody yet. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm a little concerned from the standpoint that. There's talk that Chan Gailey, uh, you know, told the Jets that he was going to retire after the season. Even if he didn't, I think, and, you know, that may have been a story. We don't know. It was just a story that so they let Gailey go out with some dignity and he was really kind of fired. I, I don't know. The thing is, Todd Bowles knew before the end of the year probably that he was making a change. And you would have thought that there, he would have had some names in mind that he was going to go to. And it's kind of surprising that we've gotten to this point. Now there are reports out that the Jets are interviewing uh, John Morton, who's part of the Saints staff, and you know the, the guy from you know Godsey from Houston's another guy who's in the mix. There have been some reports of the Kansas City co-offensive coordinator. So you, you do have some candidates. It's kind of interesting that we, they've waited this long, though, because those are three guys who, in the case of Morton, you've had all offseason to interview him um in the case of the other two their teams have been eliminated for over a week and we still don't really have a lot of news on that front i don't want to uh go too crazy though because in many cases there you 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 don't see everything from outside many cases there's something happening behind the scenes that actually makes it logical i think i think what happens in this case is when you don't have that beside behind the scenes information you're kind of you kind of draw conclusions based on your thoughts as an outsider. I can't tell you how many times somebody who's not in the locker room they'll name the players who are the leaders on the team or the people who they think are bad locker room guys, and it's just pretty much the leaders are the guys that they like, and the the bad locker room guys are the guys that they don't, and that doesn't always match with reality. Now I think a lot of people are very down on this regime, so they're inclined to think the worst of this of this uh the of what. The, the process behind of what's happening behind the scenes. They're inclined to think that the Jets don't know what they're doing, that that's the problem here. There's still nothing to say the Jets can't hire, hire a quality coordinator here. Now, it's, this is not the easiest job to sell, and really it's about the quarterback's position. Even, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the stability of the job, how Bowles may be out of here next year. If you have a quarterback, if you have like a Phillip Rivers or you had a, you know, an Eli Manning, somebody with a track record of success, 
job's much easier to sell because you think I have a fighting chance to uh, go in there and have success and help the team turn things around. It's tough to tough tough to uh, sell this job without a quarterback in place. But they still can look. Morton's a good example of a guy, the type of guy the Jets could, who on paper seems like a good candidate for this job from the standpoint that he's worked in a lot of places. He worked under a lot of good, he's been exposed to a lot of good offensive minds. He's just been blocked because Pete Carmichael has been the coordinator in New Orleans forever. So there's never been an opening where he's worked as a coordinator. So now maybe this is a guy who's looking to, you know, he's in his late 40s. Maybe he wants to make a move. Maybe he wants to finally move up, take a shot as a coordinator. This might be this. This might be his chance to do it. There's always a good coach who's available. Even you know, it doesn't matter what your situation is. Doesn't matter how late in the off season you get. There's always a guy who wants to move up. Now it's not necessarily an established guy you're going to be able to get. But remember this: every coach who's ever become a good coach was unestablished at one point. He needed that job to prove himself. So the hope for the Jets is that if they go this route and which they might you hope that they find the right guy they hope you hope that they find the next up-and-comer and you hope that they find yes the quarterback because at the end of the day the Jets don't get a quarterback nobody they bring in is going to be successful so I, I wouldn't panic too much I, I do think they'll probably have somebody in place by the Super Bowl but at the end of the day I, I'd rather them get this right then it's the old expression would you rather be fast or would would you rather the job be done fast or would you rather the job be done right i think it's much more important that the job's done right who remembers when i mean do you remember any successful coach do you remember the date that they were hired or do you remember that the fact just the fact that a successful coach was hired so let's not go crazy here Next question is about rules changes and uh this person who left the comments uh said he was sickened to see the bad health news from his once favorite player Mark Gastineau. Gastineau, uh, there was a story this week, uh, Gastineau's suffering a lot of health problems. Um, anyway, uh, conflicted on the one hand, we want to keep our players healthy but I also hate some of the new rules like kicking off from the 35-yard line, taking away the importance of special teams. Any thoughts on what the league should do to prevent players from suffering head injuries while at the same time not watering down the game? Um, I think the this is probably something that's going to fall beyond my area of expertise you're going to need big picture thinking you know you're going to need to see some fairly drastic changes with the way the league deals with these things and it's, it's very tough because even when you have independent spotters it's very difficult to keep an eye on all 22 players on the field at once and see and some, some of these guys will kind of hide their injuries there's going to need to be drastic changes i can give you some pretty basic things that are just common sense things it's just Frankly, it's stupid that the league doesn't do these things already. That could help a little bit. These are not wholesale. These are not the types of wholesale changes that the league needs. But here are some pretty basic ones that the league should do. First of all, get rid of these Thursday night games. They're ridiculous. You know, I, and I'll admit, I was a fan of these. I was a fan of the idea at first, but the quality of the games has just not been high enough. Um, the, pretty much any player will tell you that their body cannot fully recover between Sunday and Thursday for these uh, early for these short weeks. Yeah, fine. Keep the games on Thanksgiving, maybe one or two late in the season. Like everybody wants to play on Thanksgiving, they'll get over it. Um, second, add a second buy, maybe a third buy. Just give these guys some extra time during the season. Give them an extra week off so that their bodies can recuperate. And this ridiculous rule that. You have to deactivate seven players on game day. What kind of stupid idea is that? Um, another thing that comes to mind is beyond uh, is beyond not deactivating seven players is 
why is it that Major League Baseball, baseball, which is a non-contact sport, you can place a guy on the disabled list for two weeks, as many of them as you want. If somebody gets hurt, he goes on the disabled list, he doesn't count against a roster spot. Whereas in the NFL, you have to sit a guy for two months. And that's what you only get to bring one guy back who goes on the injured list. He has to sit there for two months. It's still dumb. Have a short-term disabled list where you can put guys. Um, these are some very common sense. It's just so dumb what the league, that league does. And, you know, you look back, this, the NFL, what they've done is a disgrace when it comes to these head injuries. And they, they I mean, this is going to, this is shameful. It, when the full truth, full truth has started to come out, and when we know all of it, I think it's going to, it's going to be one of the most shameful things you've ever seen. Um I think that now those are some very and look those are some very basic things I can pick out and if I can pick them out the league is just dumb if they can't pick that stuff out but they're going to need to be bigger changes brought in uh, instituted by experts who have a knowledge base that goes far beyond what I have I, I can't but I can give you some base this is how bad I guess my point is this is how bad the NFL is that they can't even do these basic common sense things it's just a disgrace. Um, and I hope that the NFL figures out a way to deal with these things. I hope the NFL finally starts doing these things right. Next question. What have the Jets done to develop Hackenberg with no offensive coordinator or quarterbacks coach? What is he doing now? How is it possible that he'll be ready to compete in 2017? The team squandered a year on which to work on Hackenberg's mechanics. Now he's not improving during the offseason. What kind of development is that? Uh, well, here's the thing. If you, even if the Jets had these guys in place... They, these coaches wouldn't be working with him right now. The offseason practices haven't begun yet, and they're not allowed. They wouldn't be allowed to work with him. They're not allowed to work with the guy until you know, the, this is collectively. This is part of the collective bargaining agreement. The points at which you're allowed to work with your player. So that there's no big deal on that front. They sat him on the practice field for a year. They tried to develop his mechanics. I, I don't understand how you can say that they didn't try and develop his mechanics. Um, I, I don't. You know, he wasn't ready to play this year, and maybe they shouldn't have used a second-round pick on him. I think that's quite possible. We may find that out in years to come, but I think you're probably being too hard on these guys. Um, he's got to do some work on his own. He's got to figure out how he wants to approach his offseason, but it doesn't have anything to do with them not having an offensive coordinator right now. That doesn't really make a difference because, it, again, these guys wouldn't be able to work with him directly anyway. That's just the way the um, NFL works. And now our last question is, was firing so much of the coaching staff the best idea? Seems as if we're having trouble filling out the new coaching staff. If no good candidates want to, court, want to come aboard, then you have to wonder if it even makes sense that Bowles is kept for at least one more year. Are the decisions he and McCacken going, made going to be good for the franchise long term? This is hard to put into words, but it seems like we've already lost the battle. Keeping the whole coaching staff and front office around just kind of feels like another wasted year at this point. I get that you need patience, but it feels like we're in a purgatory state right now for the sake of it. Well, a couple of things. Um, the first, first thing is whether it was a good idea to uh, get rid of, make such wholesale changes among the assistant coaches. Well, Bowles has to judge what the guys he can work with, whether they did a good job, whether they're the right people going forward. That's just part of the evaluation. And I think whenever you have a losing season, you're going to see changes. Heck, even last year off 10 wins, they made a change where it was necessary, where they felt it was necessary on special teams. Now, I'm not sure they made the best hire to replace him. Um, I think it's kind of, I don't know that you can say that they've had, that nobody wants to come to this team. They've, they're going to find people. And again, there are quality coaches available. There always are. So I, I don't think that that's the deal. Um, I, I don't understand. I guess this this speaks to a bigger thing that uh, kind of puzzles me: the idea that 
this regime is unredeemable because they had one bad season. These guys won 10 games in 2015. It's not like they've looked totally lost. You know, people, I keep hearing Rich Kotite. Rich Kotite won four games in two years. Um, Bulls won, won 15. That's, you know, look, there, there are things that have to get better, but I don't understand this idea that at two years in that their careers are already set, that there's no way they can improve. Sometimes you have to go through a rough period before you learn things. I, I think it would have been a mistake making a change this quick. I mean, these guys have shown these guys have shown at certain points signs of promise that they're running this team. So you want to just start over again with another guy? I I, I don't I can't really get behind that. I'm not. See, the, the whole problem is that when I say stuff like that, people assume that that means I love these guys. That I'm saying that they're going to be successful. No, I, I'm not. I I don't. I'm not sure that I'm not told that these guys are going to be successful. But two years in, I can't definitively say that they're going to be unsuccessful. I think you have to give them every chance to succeed, and I'm happy to see the Jets are doing that at least for this year. I hope that this is a. Uh, I hope I hope that this is not a make or deemed as make or break year for them. I I don't think that this can be a playoffs or bust year. I think you have that this team has to take a longer term view than that. That'll do it for our show. Thank you so much for your questions. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast. Again, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm John B. with GangreenNation.com. I hope you have a wonderful day, everybody. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.